Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Wrestling with 
the iTunes subscriptions, the Facebook, and through other streams of uh, um, media online, people listen to the show, and people people are are into to the show, and they like it, and they enjoy it, and I enjoy that they enjoy it, and I appreciate that they enjoy it. So it's awesome. We are four weeks away, ladies and gentlemen, from episode two hundred. How about that? The 200th episode of Pancakes and Power Slams. What a monumental time. And we're going to have some uh, announcements coming up about uh, episode 200 coming up here soon. But let me tell you something right now. We are going to have so much fun on the year-end episode of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. What I love about the formatting of this show is that you have Derek and I, who are we're actually the same age, interestingly enough, and we both are traditionalists. We are both are have watched wrestling all of our lives. Derek uh, is a former wrestler. He's a former uh, independent wrestler, and he he wrestled in uh, the Heartland Wrestling Association as well. So he wrestled with uh, a bunch of the uh, the the now you know, very popular names in the WWE and TNA uh, before they were popular, including the Intercontinental Champion, Dean Ambrose. So, you know, uh, Derek has shared a bunch of his stories. So he used to wrestle. I used to amateur wrestle. And, um, you know, I I started uh, a a journalism career uh, after that. Just my love of wrestling. I actually had two uh, contracts, wrestling contracts, ready for me to sign. And uh, I, I, I chose to endeavor other ways because I understood how much of the grind is with uh, with pro wrestling. So I actually trained, uh, I actually did some MMA training and w- was thinking about going MMA too. But uh, I was like, you know what? I, I, I really, there was a part of me that always wanted to be a doctor. So I, I just had to stay that course and, uh, here we go. I'm two years away, actually less than two years away from becoming a doctor. Dr. Featherstone is on the on the rise. Dr. Chris is on the rise, and, I, and I'm so glad I, I decided to keep my path. But even in the path that I am endeavoring and purpose to have, I will never stop being a wrestling fan. And not only do, not only do I, I continue to, to watch wrestling, not only do I continue to have a passion for wrestling, I get paid for it now. I get paid to to, to comment and, and, and write about what I want to write about and say what I want to say. So that's not only has watching wrestling benefited me uh, just socially, it's benefited me financially over the years as being a journalist. So I'm very happy about that. So it all, it all panned out well. And Derek, with his expertise, he is the baddest co-host on the planet. So <laughs> I'm very, very grateful for Derek. Awesome. And, and I'll tell you what, man, you know, uh, hey, uh, thank you. Congrats, Chris. Props to you. Hard profession to break into t- uh, takes a lot of time and studying. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. <laughs> so um, I, I'm really, really, uh, really uh, amazing. And thank you for all your all the followers. Uh, <laughs> I got a comment of uh, saying one of our uh, one of our original followers 
uh, made a comment and uh, got a, a reply saying you're a true follower. I'm a new follower. Uh, first of all, that rhymed. And then second of all, true or new, they're both appreciated just the same. So thank you very much. And continue to tell your friends and your family about the Pancakes and Power Slam show as we continue to go to further and further heights uh, in the the 2016 year. So, I mean, I, I know that I'm going to forget some, but, I mean, what, Matt Taven, um, Carlito, JTG, Moose, um, who else did we – the priest, oh no, it was last year. So, uh, 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 Christopher Daniels, DDP, Eli Drake. Um, who else did we interview, Derek? Uh, Greg Gagne, oh, yeah. the 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 general of of uh, Pancakes of Power Sam show. My boy, Greg Gagne, friend of the show. He was absolutely uh, amazing. Uh, Jim Brunzel. If I'm missing if I'm missing anybody, just let me know. Uh, Matt Seidel was an, was another person. We we interviewed uh, D'Lo Brown. I think I might have said that, but uh, thanks for saying that again for uh, for bringing that up. Yeah, D'Lo Brown. Can you think of anybody else, Derek, that we interviewed this year? Uh, we had Rico Constantine. I don't think he said yes, him yet. Yes, yes, absolutely, Rico Rico. Constantino. Absolutely, he actually texted me. Uh, about a week or so ago, and just, uh, just I mean, he's a really humble guy. He just texted me out randomly last, uh, about a week or two ago, asked me how I was doing, how how my family was doing, and, uh, you know, just, uh, we just shared some encouragement. We both, you know, we both were very strong Christians, and we shared some encouraging words with, with each other and just ran them out the blue. So th- it's great to be thought of by, you know, a former WWE Tag Team Champion out the blue, so... You know, I really, really appreciate, uh, you know, times like that. So thank you very much. Uh, very, very much. Uh, who am I missing, Derek? Now, I know some. I know people are going to say some things. Yeah, I said well, Jim Brunzel already. Who else you said? I mean, doggone it. I mean, there's so much going on in the wrestling world. Uh, we can't keep track of that all the time. Yeah, I, I got to I gotta come up with the list, though. I got to figure out the list because I'm very, very – grateful for everyone who I've uh, interviewed here on the uh, Pancakes and Power Slam show. So I definitely um, I'm going to yes, the Patriot, Del Wilkes, absolutely. Um, So yeah, the the list will continue to um, be, you know, grow further and further. Um, So, and I know that, you know, I'll I'll get the, the, I'll compile the full list uh, here soon because I know that I'm, you know, from last year and the year before, you know, Crimson and and, and uh, Hanson. Speaking of Hanson, you know, one of the people who I interviewed uh, on the Pancakes and Power Slams before, I watched I watched Final Battle and uh, uh, first of all, it was a, a great great pay per view. And Secondly, my boys, War Machine, one of my favorite tag teams out, probably my second favorite tag team uh, in, in, in all of pro wrestling TV in the States, other than the New Day. New Day is just a clear-cut number one, and I'm a big fan of War Machine, too. So I've been a fan of War Machine probably since the inception of, of War Machine, and I'm very, very happy that uh, the, the 
ROH decided to give them the tag team championship. So that was really, really great. The match was cut short because uh, Taven got injured. I reached out to Taven. Uh, I haven't got back. He haven't got back with me yet. Uh, but yeah, we've 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 conversed throughout the. I talked to him earlier in the year. It was actually during uh, Super Bowl season when I interviewed uh, Matt Taven. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was great. And but yeah, sad that he he tweaked his knee. And so uh, just waiting back from him, I'll report uh, the latest from Taven when he um, responds back to me, and uh, I'll definitely let you all know that. But yeah, congrats to to War Machine. Very very happy that they are now the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. But yeah, final battle was great. I you know I wrote an article about uh, sounding off and and giving the uh, WAW Nation the opportunity to grade. Uh, the three American televised promotions, WWE, TNA, and ROH. Uh, I wrote an article about WWE and TNA, and uh, tomorrow or Thursday, uh, I'll be uh, sending out an article about uh, Ring of Honor. But yeah, I, it, you know, I'll, I'll pose that question to you, Derek, uh, as far as uh, our, as far as WWE and TNA, and then uh, I'm not going to spoil Ring of Honor too much. But uh, as far as my grade, but I have some very high remarks to say about Ring of Honor. So stay tuned for that that article. But what grade would you give WWE? Uh, WWE would probably get a a C average uh, throughout the last year. I mean, and it's nothing really against Seth Rollins. He kind of carried him and everything. It's just – as a whole, I'm it's, I'm excited to see Monday Night Raw, but I'm not. I can't, you know, say that you know if I miss one, oh well. Of course, I have to watch it because I do the show. However, I mean, as a fan, I would give it. It's it's average, you know. It's it's a bit lackluster a lot of times, and it it could really use a shot of adrenaline in the arm. Yeah. But current state of the WWE, C average. What about you, Chris? I I believe I graded a C plus, and the only reason why I said C plus was because of the recent uh, storyline stuff, which actually brought it a little bit more interesting. I would say probably before this month, it would be it would have been about a a D plus, to be honest with you, because just the terrible terrible booking. Of Sting and and especially Sting, Sting Bray Wyatt and, and and Cesaro, those are the the worst three recipients of booking. And I and to be honest with you, I would even add Seth Rollins into that booking because I mean he had the title for what seven months, and the WWE still did not a seven month title reign, and they still didn't de- develop Seth Rollins to be. Just a, a standalone premier top guy. They, they did such a horrible job booking Seth Rollins as champion. He was Weasley. He wasn't even a strong heel. It, it was just it was horrible how they booked Seth Rollins. So that was horrible. And then, of course, you know Sting speaks for speaks for herself as far as the booking is concerned. That was absolutely. As a as a lifer, Sting Mark, 
Sting, Sting, without question, I've said this, 196 episodes. Within these episodes, I've said it many, many times. Sting is my all-time favorite wrestling, and he's been my number one favorite wrestler since I created a number one. And that was over 25 years ago. So even with it, it it hurt, it, it hurt my soul. To see the WWE book sting the way that they did, and it was just, it was tough. It was really tough to endeavor, indulge, and uh, yeah, it was, I mean, you, you have him come in, you you give him one of the best builds that you have given someone in 10 years at least. Very reminiscent of his Crow character in the, WW, in the WCW and there's no benefit from it. You do nothing. It was absolutely ridiculous. All of that build just to lose to Triple H. And and I and I was sharing with a good friend of mine this weekend actually. You know, as much of a Sting fan as I am, I understand how it is. I understand the importance of building characters. I get it. I understand it. If Sting would have beaten Triple H to put over Seth Rollins at Night of Champions, as much as just the kid in me would have been reluctant of that, I would have actually, I would have actually been much more okay with that than Sting losing a Triple H at WrestleMania, coming back as somehow the number one contender because he's a legend. If he was a legend, he should have won at WrestleMania in his first match ever. He comes back, and he he's in the best shape of, you know, his probably the, the, the last five years at least. He comes back, probably even longer than that. He comes back, gets in a program with Seth Rollins, and loses. And it's just absolutely ridiculous how they book Sting. It's just an atrocity. How they built thing, and then Bray Wyatt speaks for himself too, just up and down and up and down and up and down, lose just about every feud he's been in, except for the Dudley Boys, and no one, ever, you know, the Dudley Boys at this point shouldn't win any type of feuds. So it was just, and then Cesaro, oh, just absolutely ridiculous. So uh, TNA was even worse, to be honest with you, and that's and that says a lot. Just the inconsistencies of their booking, it, it gets to the point where. I have, like, I'm forced to watch TNA at this point. Like, I feel forced just because I simply watch TNA because of the commentary, because I occasionally write about TNA. And so it is really, really tough to watch an episode of Impact Wrestling because, I mean, granted, I love Lashley's work. I'm I'm still a fan of Bobby Lashley. But, I mean, Bobby Roode is still a very solid worker, but there's not there's not enough talent in, the, in TNA right now from a top talent standpoint because EC3 is a great heel. I like the fact that they're – he's kind of like they're grooming someone who was just a mid-carter in, in the WWE to being a, a very legitimate and good heel. 
I, you know, I'm still I'm not a fan of EC3, but I respect the fact that they're building him up as a heel. I think it's a good idea. That was a plus from TNA, but just the revolving door of the beatdown clan, people getting released, people quitting, you know, the Hernandez deal with with him and Lucha Underground. Yeah, it, it's it's just rough to even <laughs> to even sit through an episode of, of Impact Wrestling. So I know that you're not a big TNA fan yourself. So based on what you've observed this year, what would you give TNA? I'd give them a, a D, maybe even an F. I mean, they've totally failed. And, it's, yeah, I don't follow TNA as closely as I should. I do like to follow Kurt Angle. But, uh, yeah, I read on the, you know, websites and chat rooms and stuff about the current TNA product, and it's just there's nothing there to watch. And you just – there's nothing of any interest. If I don't find interest in it, at being a wrestling fan for my whole life, then why would anybody else? Because, <laughs> I mean, just, I love yeah. wrestling. Watch that. I don't I don't care. I'd rather, I could just as soon watch ping pong. So that's – Exactly. It's it, that's, that's what it is, and you know it, just, it sucks because you know they have talent. I mean, I can realize that they do have talent. They just don't know how to book the talent. They don't know how to showcase the efforts. It's just it's it's like what again watching nothing. So yeah. hey, that's my take on it. ROH blows it out of the sky by far. Oh yeah, yeah, and like I said, I want I'll. Check out my article on WAW Nation. I am a huge ROH fan, and. uh yeah, my number one favorite wrestler right now in, in all of wrestling, as far as a full-time wrestler, is is Jay Lethal, hands down. And I've said that many times on the show here. I believe that Jay Lethal is the best in the world. And Well, I'm, I'm going to write a little bit about it. Good comment here. TNA didn't build new stars besides EC3. They had Angle and Matt Hardy at the top when Galloway was available. TNA has stables every year. Tired of I, I agree, and I and I mentioned that on my on my article. You had, I mean, just think about the last five years. First of all, you had ten ten ten, which was probably one of the worst storyline flops in professional wrestling history. You had Abyss screaming ten ten ten, and he kept saying they. Who are they? They are coming. They are coming. Ten, ten, ten. And so eventually you get you get tired of it. And he's in a and he's in a feud with Jeff Hardy at the time. Still saying ten, ten, ten. And so come ten, 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 the big reveal is Jeff Hardy turning heel and aligning with Hogan, Eric Bischoff, and Jeff Jarrett which is the start of Immortal, and Immortal was an absolute flop. And, oh, man, Immortal was one of the worst ideas. On paper, it, it, on, on paper, it, it had some type of something to it in the beginning, but or, Immortal was so deep. It's just like the NWO. When the NWO had, oh, had three people, Hogan, Hall, and Ash, it was gold. It was just best when it had three people. But you start adding DiBiase as a manager, uh, Waltman and Virgil or Vincent at that time and Bagwell. And 
And yeah, we're going to either you join the NWO or we're going to get you. And now you have people like BK Wall Street and the NWO and Scott Norton. Uh, it's just when the NWO became deep like that, it, it just continued to dilute the strength of the the organization of the NWO. Now, I understand it's it's a hostile takeover and either join us or, you know, get beaten to the grave. But, I mean, it's, I would say maybe five to six people, possibly. But, I mean, it was it was its best at three people. But if you add a few, you know, I understand the whole point. I mean, Bishop joining was a good idea just because he was the mastermind behind it. I get it. You know, it's its own company. It's trying to kill it, blah, blah, blah. But you started just adding so many people. Horace Hogan. And, I mean, you're adding all of these people in the NWO, the fake sting. It just became just painful to watch. And that's how it was with Immortal. You just start filling Immortal with so many people. It was just a horrible idea. Same thing with Fortune. You know, you start off with the word fortune, and then you add the word for and fortune, and fortune wasn't for people. It was AJ, Beer Money, Doug Williams, uh, Nigel McGinnis, or Desmond Wolf at the time, and, and you're just and, and Flair, and it just it, it was it was uh, uh, Frankie uh, Kazarian they had. Uh, and then uh, I think uh, they had uh, Matt Morgan in it too. So it was just you. They're called Fortune, but it's like almost double the the people in Fortune Four. So it just absolutely amazing. Ace, uh, absolutely ridiculous. Aces and Eights is another one. Just good storyline behind it. Who's the reveal? You're pulling off the mask. That's interesting. But you just start filling it with just people who we really like. Who cares about Garrett Bischoff being in Aces and Eights? I mean, if I see Garrett Bischoff, no disrespect to Garrett Bischoff, I don't know the guy. I, you know, I'd bring him here in the show just to just to get his take on you know Aces and Eights. It was a great opportunity for Garrett Bischoff, but I mean, I, I'm a I'm a six foot one, 280 pound muscle head. And if I see with, with tat, with, with a sleeve tattoo and locks, if I see Garrett Bischoff in a alley, in a dark alley, he'd be running away from me. And so I, why would I be scared of someone like Wes Briscoe and Garrett Bischoff? And Aces and Eights is supposed to be like a mob type of group or a gang type of group. I'm not I, – I, I wouldn't be intimidated by Garrett Bischoff and Wes Briscoe. So that was just – that was a bad idea from the very beginning. I mean, just – you can go down the factions of, of just, you know, uh, you, you can go down a list of factions that was just absolutely ridiculous. So – yeah, we'll talk about ROH more 
uh, throughout the week on WAWNation.com, and uh, we'll talk some ROH next week, too. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I'd encourage people to watch Final Battle. Final Battle was a a fantastic, fantastic uh, pay-per-view, definitely one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year. So we are going to do what we promised we're going to do. And like I said before, you know, what I love about the Pancakes and Power Slam show is that it's tough to talk about Raw, but we talk about so many things outside of Raw that it makes this it makes this show such an amazing, amazing show. So, uh, you know, TNA gets one of these. Uh, yeah, that that pretty much describes that TNA for for the year, unfortunately. So, I'll try to bring some uh, some balance in my harsh criticism of TNA by asking a TNA question to start off the show today. So with that being said, who was the first TNA knockouts champion? Who was the first TNA knockouts champion? All right, we're going to give the 2015 year-end awards, WAWNation.com. If you are listening somewhere else, uh, feel free to... uh, Feel free to chime in, but I'll be I'll be concentrating most of my uh, focus as far as questions are concerned, as far as categories are, are concerned on WW Nation. So awesome, awesome there. Uh, uh, yeah, so thank you for your support to any you know those who aren't who, those who aren't listening through WW Nation. We we had uh, some a, a great 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 number of listens just throughout the year, but I just looked at one of the numbers a couple of weeks ago and it was in the thousands. So thank you. Thank you very much. As far as live listeners are concerned, your support is absolutely amazing. First TNA knockouts champion. All right. So we're waiting for uh, categories, just whatever category in wrestling, who's the, and the thing is, you know, uh, Derek is more of a WWE guy, but you, you guys know very well that, WWE, TNA, ROH, and New Japan. Uh, I'm a big fan of all four of them. Um, so feel free to uh, pose any uh, category on those areas. But if you can do more, make it WWE heavy, so Derek and I can both be involved uh, in the, the great conversation as far as our picks are concerned. So we'll start off with Raw by uh, Vince McMahon calling out Roman Reigns. Uh, Reigns uh, punching McMahon to, uh, pushes uh, McMahon to the ground after exchange between the two. Uh, Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon comes out and uh, forces uh, police to arrest Reigns. The police uh, refuses. McMahon puts his hand on the police, and he's the one that gets arrested. So definitely an interesting take that um, they did for opening the show. And, okay, to me, there was a negative and a positive about this. Uh, the the positive, I'll, I'll say the positive second. The negative was that cuffing Vince McMahon, I don't necessarily know the purpose of that. Uh, it, at the end of the day, at the end of the show, you know, he says, I'm going to sue the whole state of New York, blah, 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 that, that garnered some heat. I understand that. 
And then he said he's going to be a special referee. But I don't know if being arrested and sent to the, um, you know, the, the, the New York, you know, police um, station, I, I don't know if that really was relevant. I, I really don't see the relevance of that. Um, I think he would have garnered heat just as much. And I think this is carrying over to whenever Triple H returns, which doesn't make any sense to me because a few days later, all of a sudden he pops up on NXT and, you know, does one of those, this is my baby, I'm going to put myself over because I made NXT, showed no signs of injury, but now for some reason, I guess his promo made him injured on NXT or something, now he's selling it. It just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But the positive of this is uh, that it, it is doing a really, really good job of um, helping Roman Reigns with eliciting pops. And it's because the McMahon, Stephanie and Vince, they draw so much heat that he's the de facto face, even to the people who don't like him. And so he's starting to get, you know, way more cheers which I can, you know, certainly respect as a Roman Reigns apologist. And, and they're doing, you know, they're doing what they can. They're pulling out all the stops. You know, Vinnie Mac, the man, is making consecutive Raw appearances. You know, we haven't seen this in a long time. So for Vincent Mann to get out the office chair and to come on live TV on Mondays, that's, I mean, that's that's a big deal. So I can I can certainly appreciate the fact that they're pulling out all the stops and bringing out Vince McMahon uh, to be involved in this storyline. Either that, or it's just Roman Reigns can't do it on his own. So they have to pull out all the stops to try to get him the pops that he needs. And that's pretty pathetic. Um, the whole thing with uh, Vince getting arrested, I mean, the guys he's a billionaire. He can bail himself out. I mean, it's – and obviously, I mean, the cops are too laid back, too easy. I mean, the whole thing was just poorly done, in my opinion. And uh, so, yeah, you bring in the McMahons to give Roman Reigns heat. They're going to try to do the same thing they did with Austin. It worked with Austin. But, you know, Austin could get those pops on his own. It wasn't until, you know, a while after the Stone Cold character was built that him and Austin started, you know, getting into it. So it's it's kind of pathetic on Roman Reigns' part that he can't have that natural vibe and natural pop that the people love. So they have to bring in the McMahons to even be more vile and vicious than they've ever been. Stephanie, she's overdramatic. That's getting old. Uh, the screaming, I, that's, again, it's, they're doing the best, everything they can to make Roman Reigns look like the superhero. When they really yeah. shouldn't have to do as much. He should just be able to come out, do a thing, and leave, and everyone's happy. But it's not that way anymore. Or he's just not the guy to fit that mold, but... Anyway, I thought the opening segment was kind of a joke and didn't care for it a whole lot. Yeah, I can I can see why, but yeah, you know, I, I'm 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 holding on. I'm, I'm being an I'm being optimistic about this because the very fact that Roman Reigns was able to flip so many people over in, in you know in a matter of you know just about a year, I mean that's that's a big deal to me at least because. You don't get that much anymore. Usually when someone, usually when the fans, when they're not interested, they're not interested. And it's hard to flip, you know, a mass amount of fans like that anymore. You know, but good, good to see that. 
All right, so what categories do we have? Any categories? This is uh, this is the year-end award show, and you come up with the categories. So this is uh, this is your show. This is the listener show. So uh, please let us know what categories you have in your mind, and we will be happy to uh, say that uh, online. So the ne- uh, Gail Kim is the correct answer. The next uh, trivia question is Jive So Bro was the theme song of what manager? Jive So Bro was the theme song of what manager? I think um, I think we got some here. Moment of the year. All right. Yeah, we'll start off with moment of the year. Moment of the year. Um. They, uh, Derek, I, I think I'll let you go first with this. What, what do you think the moment of the year is? As you're thinking about the moment of the year, I guess I'll, uh, I guess I'll go. <laughs> it was good to see the Undertaker come back for a couple matches, and okay. uh, it was also, and uh, he got his uh, vengeance on Brock Lesnar. And 2015 wasn't a good year for wrestling, so I'm going to go with that. I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, it's always good to see the Undertaker's intro, so what about you? What was your what was Chris Featherstone's pivotal moment of the year? I think the moment of the year for me was just Sting. Uh, Sting's interest at WrestleMania. Sting appearing at WrestleMania in, a, in an entering role for the first time of his 56-year life, he, of his 30-year wrestling career, he stepped foot in a WWE ring and at WrestleMania. For the, I mean, that to me, win or lose, you can't take that monumental moment. Of, and that's, that's not even a moment of the year. That's a moment of the wrestling lifetime for Sting to come out and to, uh, I mean, just the the entrance was the entrance was kind of it, it was kind of hokey, to be honest with you. I, I wasn't a big fan of it. Probably the main reason why I wasn't a big fan because it was in it was in California. So, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock our time. It was just you know it was just six o'clock in the spring in California if it's nine o'clock on Eastern time. You know, and you know. Derek and I are Eastern time. And so it's tough. It's tough to watch a WrestleMania if it's not in a dome or if it's on the West coast, because I think it's it, it just a part of me just believes that the, it's the glitz it's the glamour it's the entertainment it's the theatrics that encompasses a true full WrestleMania feel. So having Undertaker, Bray Wyatt's and Undertaker's entrance. I mean, Wyatt and Undertaker, it was closer to being darker, but it still wasn't that pitch black feel that a good entrance would create. And they could have really, really went all out with Sting's entrance, but they just have some people, you know, they have some type of group beating on, on drums. So it just... Uh, you know they they could have they could have made a a much bigger effort in that, but just that I've watched that entrance a bunch of a bunch of times, just because it was just it's it was just surreal to me for Sting to come out 
uh, and, and actually compete in the match at WrestleMania. So great suggestion there. Moment of the year was absolutely great. That was a really, really, really um, good, uh, good category. Biggest letdown of the year. Oh man. Biggest letdown of the year. Um, See, I would, again, I would say Sting losing at WrestleMania. I think, you know, Sting has two pancakes and power slams year-end awards for me because the best moment was him coming out and the biggest letdown was him exiting because not only do you lose to Triple H, but there's no way in the world that I'm going to shake someone's hand who just leveled me with a sledgehammer. Does that make any sense to you, Derek? Hey, it doesn't. And, and that was actually my letdown of the year was Sting. I'm, I, I'm not a big Sting guy. I know who he is. I've always said this. But when they were going to bring him in, I was so excited. This is awesome. Sting in WWE. And they just ruined everything they could have done. It was almost like another invasion angle. It, they just they had the they had the uh, cream of the crop right there in their hands, and uh, they let it go to waste. And uh, the Sting losing WrestleMania made no sense, and just the whole thing they did with everything about Sting. I would almost wish the WWE never would have brought him in, because if you knew what they were going, the outcome would be. I mean, it's disappointing as anything I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Got a comment here about the Divas Revolution being let down. The yeah, that's. That's a, that's a very strong second to me, the Divas Revolution. First of all, you know, you're bringing in nine Divas. You're you're making nine Divas important at one point in time. Bad idea. You build each and every one of them to be somebody. And it's just, yeah, that was such a letdown. <laughs> it was a huge letdown. Nikki Bella... You know, she was champ throughout the year, throughout most of the year, which was just a letdown in and of itself. I mean, Nikki Bella's grown, I mean, as far as athletically. But you know what's so crazy? I uh, I have an account with uh, IMDB, um, and I was looking at the WWE's uh, page on uh, the, the database, and it lists as uh, – Nikki Bella is her is her real name, Nicole Garcia, and I think it says something about the uh, her, her her title is executive director of talent management, something to that nature. And on the on the list it says John Cena is first. It didn't have a title. Then the second person it has as far as employees is Nikki Bella, or Nicole Garcia is her real name. And I, I was just, I was just shocked at seeing that. Like she's really, like she really has a an office position for the WWE. If that's accurate, I mean, I, I don't see why it wouldn't be accurate. She, she, I mean, like Nicole Garcia, Nikki Bella has an office position. I mean, talk about your Cena loving. I, I, it's, it's just, it was shocking to me. That was probably the biggest shock of the day for me. That. Nikki Bella is much more than just a simple talent. She's the director director of talent management or something, executive director of talent management or something something crafty like that. But I'm like, whoa, she's 
your affiliation with John Cena has pigeonholed you to um, not making anyone upset <laughs> anymore. So that's a, uh, that pretty much says it says it all as far as uh, you can't make Cena mad, Nikki, because if you do, your paycheck is going to get a lot thinner. So <laughs> that's uh that's a, that that's a, uh, something that you probably don't want to do. Um, let's see here. Let's uh we'll we'll go to more topics here, but first we're gonna talk about Neville and Owens. Uh I think that they beat see, this is what I this is what I came up with uh for the reason why Neville beat Owens and, and Slick is the correct answer, so great job on that. Next question is who managed the team of Tajiri and Mikey Whipwreck in ECW? Who managed the team of Tajiri and Mikey Whipwreck? In ECW. So Neville and Owens, it seems like the only reason why they did that, especially the the type of win, is because I'm starting to believe and I said this I said this on last week's show. There's a part of me that actually believes that the voting was not rigged. At least some of it wasn't rigged because I don't think that they actually had in mind that Neville was going to win the uh, the breakout star of the year. And I think to atone the fact that they probably just fell right on their faces, they Neville has not been looking strong for months. So I think they just wanted him to look strong in the months. But they, they wanted him to look strong on Raw just – as their atonement for saying, yeah, see, look, Neville is the breakout star of the year. See, look, he beat he beat Owens. And I think that's just WWE trying to trying to atone for the fact that people <laughs> voted for Neville instead of Kevin Owens. So and, and then when I come to that, it makes me think like I would imagine that probably a very, very small percentage of adults actually voted and during the during the time during the allotted time they had to vote. So probably the votes were not many and probably the majority of those were probably children or teenagers. So I can see why Neville won. So they just wanted him to just kind of get a win to make him look like a breakout star. So he I mean he was just an, an ex he was just an expenditure. I mean, he, he was just really some, uh, just a throwaway person in this whole segment. The the stronger emphasis was Ambrose and Owens. And it's sad for Neville because he's, you know, he's such an amazing hand, but I mean, I, I really don't see WWE doing anything with him in the near future. Uh, I thought the same thing. Cause I mean, Neville's an amazing talent. Kevin Owens can afford to lose, I guess. I guess that's how they see it. It was a quick, it was a fluke. Maybe they're trying to keep that spontaneity with Monday Night Raw like they had when Reigns uh, won the title. But, eh, yeah, I mean, it was good for Neville for that night. But going forward, I still don't see Neville being anything bigger than what he already is currently. So, I mean, Owens could probably afford to lose that. It's a fluke. You know, big deal. He's going to go in, go up against uh, Ambrose, and be the tough guy that he is. So, you know, good for that. I, I was happy to see that. You know, good for Neville. He needs something. He needs something to pump more energy into him. But 
again, he's just he's not going to go anywhere after this. He's going to be another right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, I agree. Uh, Sinister Minister, I'll accept it. Absolutely, James Mitchell. Uh, next question is, who's the first black or first African-American NWA World Heavyweight Champion? First African-American NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch, good match. It wasn't as good as the uh, pre-show match they had uh, recently. Um, but some storyline developments. Got some boring chants by the smarky Brooklyn crowd, but I, I didn't think it was boring. I mean, it was, it was slow at times, but, you know, we we can't keep, you know, we're such we're in such a popcorn microwave society that we got to just appreciate you know, good, slow building storytelling matches. And so, you know, I was in, I, you know, they, they gave them time. They gave the divas some time. That, that's that been something that, that people have been complaining about for so long. So once they get time, they get boring chance. And those are two, those are two of the best legit women's wrestlers in the entire roster. So, you know, there was some there was some arm cranks and things like that that just kind of slowed it down a little bit. And you know, I understand that, but it was you know it was a decent match. So I know you're not a big fan of the uh, Divas division, but uh, uh, best show, best show to me was um, hmm, the best show, the best televised show. Uh, I would give that. To, uh, I see best show here. So, um, whoever put this uh, down here, best show. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask to be more specific. So, best television show, best WWE network show. Be a little bit more specific there. Best wrestler. Um, as far as wrestling ability, I would certainly give that to Jay Lethal. I, I, I would. I would certainly say the best wrestler uh, uh, in 2015, the number one wrestler was Jay Lethal, hands down. What about you, Derek? Uh, best wrestling champion? I don't know. Jay Lethal. I absolutely agree. And uh, he's got he's a total package. He's got everything. And I was – this is probably the most I've watched ROH this year, 2015. And uh, the guy blows me away every week. Uh, he's absolutely amazing. I hear there's rumblings or he's talking with WWE and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Don't. Stay ROH as long as you can. Go to WWE when they've got nothing to do but push you to the top. Because, I mean, he's a gem. He's a diamond in the rough. He's not even in the rough anymore. I mean, the guy is absolutely phenomenal. He oh, deserves yeah. to be in the WWE, but they'll, they'll bury him. So, but yeah, I'm totally on board with him, and he can take that ROH to the top. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brobo Brazil was uh, he he was an unofficial NWA World Champ. He wasn't recognized, unfortunately. Um, so we have not had the correct answer yet. Ron Simmons is on here, but he was not the NWA World Champ. He was the WCW World Champion when he won. It was the w, WCW title. Uh, let's see here. Yep. Still don't have the correct answer yet. Uh, so we have best pay-per-view to be a little bit more specific. The best pay-per-view. Now that's a really good question. Best pay-per-view. Hmm. I would give that to, hmm. 
I would give that to Wrestle Kingdom 9, I would say. I would say for a four-hour pay-per-view, it was so, I mean, the, yeah, the, the pay-per-view was absolutely amazing to me. And the match between Tanahashi and um, Tanahashi and uh, uh, Kushka uh, Okada was just amazing. Uh, and the Intercontinental title match um was that uh, Nakamura went against uh, Abushi? I think it was, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that the 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 amazing uh, fans would know, but I think it was uh, I think it was Abushi. Uh, th- yeah, that match was absolutely amazing <clears throat> as well. But yeah, Wrestle Kingdom Nine, I would say, I think, I think uh, an amazing. Yeah, it was Abushi. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom Nine for sure. It was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I can't. Th- I, I really can't think of a different. I can't really think of a better uh, pay per view than Wrestle Kingdom Nine. Um, Takeover Brooklyn was really good too. Um, yeah, that was that was really good. Yeah, I think I'm pretty. I'm pre- I think I'm pretty much set because I can't think. I mean, Final Battle was good, um, but I think I'm pretty set on on Wrestle Kingdom Nine. What do you think, Derek? Uh, honestly, kind of a weird twist on. I kind of like Payback from uh, May. Uh, you had a few yeah, things. Sheamus and Ziggler was an awesome, awesome match, and uh, Ryback versus Wyatt. Probably Ryback's. One of his best. Rusev and Cena with that whole I quit match. That was good. So, I, it's it's kind of hard to say. They were all, like, the pay-per-views were all solid. They all stayed the same. And, again, I stick mainly with WWE because I'm a lame and don't pay a whole lot of attention to the other ones. But I'll give that one. That was the one that I kind of remember more than any of them. Just liked it and enjoyed it. And it was throughout the whole show, it was pretty good. So, I kind of like payback. Yeah. I think it was pretty good too. Uh, Kalisto uh, defeating Kofi Kingston and then them coming out and and, and Biggie with Sin Cara. Um, we don't have too much status on Sin Cara's injury, but I think it's you know it's the Sin Cara curse. I don't know, maybe because Sin is the first word of his name or something. I I don't know. <laughs> just I don't get it. It's just just an injury curse. It don't, it don't, it doesn't matter if it's Punico or Mystico, and it doesn't matter who who's on the Sinkara mask. It's just it's just no good. So he separated his shoulder. You know, kudos to him for for banging it out. You know, for the rest of the match, but we don't know the severity of it, and you know, we may just get the Usos versus the New Day. And you know, I'm a New Souls fan. I'm I'm hanging on by you know being a New Souls fan, but. Uh, I I really it, it's really tough for me to uh and, and try to try to hold on to the Usos. Uh don't I still don't see it. I still don't see the uh the, the article. I, I still I still don't see the the the, the correct answer for the first black NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Uh Derek, do you do you have do you have an answer? Well, I mean, I 
I was going to agree with the Ron Simmons, so I'm kind of uh, I'm scratching my head myself. Uh, I can't. I don't know, Chris. What's the answer? Mm. Oh, whatever. <laughs> the correct answer is Ron the Truth Killing. That is the correct answer. Uh, my boy, R-Truth, the first African-American NWA world heavyweight champion. How about that? Joe Pettacino was the uh, – no, it was not. Uh, Joe Pettacino was the owner of what federation? Joe Pettacino was the owner of what federation? Uh, let's get some of these art- let's get some of these categories up. Uh, most underrated in the WWE, Cesaro, hands down to me. I I have absolutely no idea by why the WWE is holding back on Cesaro. He is a shoe in unquestionable top guy. He has the charisma, he has the style. The Cesaro section is something is a brand for him to stick with. It works. His his in ring performance backs it up by miles. There's no way that Cesaro shouldn't have been a, a top guy by the time he got injured. And the and the problem with that is, there's a big part of me that believes that the WWE is not going to move forward with Cesaro when he comes back. He should be a main event player, hands down. And the WWE is just making so many ridiculous decisions. I just imagine a heel Seth Rollins against a babyface Cesaro for the world title. I mean, oh my goodness, that would run circles around most wrestling matches that we've seen the entire year. So, hands down for me, without a question, is Cesaro. I would take Cesaro. Before Cesaro, I'd say Fondango, but that's just because that's me. But uh, <laughs> definitely Cesaro, I mean, by far. And it's, you don't, I don't know what the WWE's doing with him. Are you kidding me? Showcase this guy. Put him on the forefront. And the, the Cesaro section, he's got everything that the WWE's looking for, and they're trying to push that on Roman Reigns. Well, guess what? Cesaro has it. Roman Reigns doesn't. That's it. Yeah, he uh, Roman Roman. You know, I think you should give some type of credit to Roman Reigns. He's grown like ridiculousness as far as his in ring work. Give him a little slack. I know I know he's not your guy, but I mean, you know, be a little bit more objective. I would encourage you to do. All right, so uh, Joe Pettacino, who do we got? Who do we got with uh, Joe Pettacino? Joe Pettacino. All right, Miss TV interrupted by Ryback, then Goldust, and Zack Ryder, and R Truth. Once again, the <laughs> it, it's on me. That's that's a shirt. I mean, when I think, you know, I, I own my own business, so I, I think about where, you know, how can we make money by these things? The people are are, are gra- gravitating to it, and this is a money maker. I would buy an R Truth. It's on me. T-shirt without question, and another funny segment with R Truth. He 
you know, they try to do it with Santino. They try to do the funny thing. You know, you, you usually have your funny type of baby face or heel, usually a baby face, but you usually have like just the, the comic relief person, whoever that is. And, you know, Santino was that guy for a while. But, man, I tell you, our truth is just really honing in that position and he is absolutely hilarious. And uh, it was certainly the the LOL moment of the year when you know, the whole Money in the Bank thing. That was just – I literally laughed out loud when I saw that segment. And I kept you know watching it and re- rewinding it over and over again because it was so funny. And just this whole thing again, it's on me. That that's a, That's a shirt right there. It's on me. Our truth, and I think it was—I think it was great. Uh, but you know, Big Show comes out. What a way to return the Big Big Show! Uh, please retire, Chance. Which I thought that they were rude for a long time, but now it's to the point where I just had to wave the the white flag on on that on that one because I agree. It, it's Big Show need to be making his exit. There's nothing. There's nothing left for the big show to do. There's nowhere to put the big show, nowhere to insert him and in a few to make, to make me care. I mean, at least his feud with Roman Reigns, the, the last man standing match had actually helped, but that was probably his last hurrah, to be honest with you. It was, I, I have no desire to watch the big show. And now he's entering himself as number one. Who cares? There's no one in the world who cares about the Big Show entering the Royal Rumble. It was such a waste of a segment for me, and I, I, I do not care about the Big Show in the WWE at all. I mean, he he's he's put in his work. He's been he's been wrestling for 20 years now, actually. So kudos to him. You know, major major kudos. Make him an agent, put him in a backstage role, give him an office position, but you know, take him off my TV. Yeah. I, that's a sad thing to say because the Big Show deserves so much better. But again, there's nothing else. They've disgraced and ruined his character so much in the last five, ten years. Like Kane, there's nothing else you can do. What else can you do to make these guys save face? Nothing. And so I don't want to see the Big Show retire, but. It's that time because the WWE won't let him do anything else. I mean, he's not believable. He comes back. He's tough. He's throwing stuff around. He gets in the ring between bell to bell. He's an absolute nightmare. He's disgraceful. They make him that way. He jobs to everybody. He's not a tough guy, and they don't want you to think he is. So, I mean, it, that's what he needs to do. With our truth I love the guy. He's hilarious. I mean, they should put that on a T-shirt, and I would buy it because, it's on me. The T-shirt. That's what's on. It's on me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there you go. The the T-shirt is actually on me. So that's there you go. Need more categories? I see a category here: best female wrestler. Um, see, and I'm partial again because uh, hmm. Yeah, I think I'm gonna say Sasha Banks. Yeah, I think I'm gonna say Sasha Banks, uh, just because you know her being called up. I'm a I'm a Bailey fan. 
I like Bailey. Bailey's my favorite. Bailey and Becky Lynch are my two favorites. Um, I'm a huge Asuka fan, too. I would say those are my three. Uh, I can easily say Asuka, just because her work as Kana in Japan. Uh, but, you know, the the, the push and the, 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 I guess, the climb kind of doesn't, kind of makes her not number one. And the only reason why I would say Sasha Banks is because she actually has that raw, that that raw part on her resume now, as opposed to Bailey. Now I watch I watch Breaking Ground every week. I'm actually I've actually watched it, all of them, including the one that uh, came on uh, last night. And I I understand what Bailey's saying as far as just her love for NXT and it's going to be bittersweet when she gets when she gets called up. I can see that. I you know there's many people like the Ascension and, and Neville and and uh, Tyler Breeze that can say the same thing. So I can certainly understand Bailey's part with that. But just that, you know, Sasha Banks, she has that raw part on her resume that uh, makes her number one for me. Yeah, Sasha Banks, I mean, they all kind of meld together. Uh, I mean, Paige is a good performer. I'm not a big Divas guy, but I could go with Paige any day. And pretty much, I mean, Charlotte, she's shown a lot for the small time she's been there. But I'm still not totally sold on it because I think the Divas – image gets in the way, but, you know, Sasha Banks is great. Uh, I'd like to see Natalia get back in. I would love to see her uh, mix it up with Charlotte, Sasha, but yeah. I'm with you. Sasha Banks, I throw that in there. You got me convinced, Chris. You made me a Divas fan. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Joe Petticino. Huh. Interesting. Don't see any correct answers for Joe Petticino. Mm. So you get a buzzer. He, as the owner, was the owner of the Global Wrestling Federation, Global Wrestling Federation, GWF, who uh, I just noticed, I think probably within a week, that the WWE Network has GWF stuff up. But it, but it's not the GWF. It's the, it's the USWA stuff, though. It, it's under the GWF category, but I know they're going to be you know, refreshing and updating with with more content, but you know they're they're showing the USWA stuff. I, I want GWF stuff. I used to love GWF as a kid. Um, so yeah, GWF they have uh, AWA up now. I watched some Smoky Mountain uh, content on the WWE Network, so I'm loving the fact that they're actually having other promotions up there. I absolutely love that. Um, next question is what year did Shane Douglas throw down the NWA title? What year did Shane Douglas throw down the NWA title? All right. Uh, more categories. Uh, we need some more categories uh, from the listeners. Uh, until then, uh, Ryback and Big Show kind of talked about that was count out. Seamus Barrett and Rusev defeating Ambrose and the Usos. I have no idea whether they're trying to push this League of Nations. I, I, I literally have no clue. I mean, they're talking about Barrett, you know, having a neck injury and it being worse than he thought. Uh, Rusev, he's just really caught crossfires of just shame as being important and then him being not important. 
<laughs> and then Del Rio, you know, he hasn't been relevant since he came. They're they're just driving Del Rio into the uh, <laughs> into the the, el- the television airwaves, and it's really tough for us to watch Del Rio. Me, uh, I was speak speaking for myself. It's really tough for me to watch Del Rio on a television because this guy, man, I mean, he's in phenomenal shape, by the way, just great shape, always been a solid worker, but his charisma is, he, he has, he has less charisma than probably a cat, a big fat cat scratching itself on the floor. I would say I would say that cat has more charisma than Alberto Del Rio. I actually like to watch cats crash themselves. It's kind of funny, but uh, Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, more charisma, see? <laughs> yeah, I mean they show more. Yeah, they've got more guff. But uh, Alberto <laughs> Del Rio is being shoved down her throat because of an incident that happened, and yada yada yada. They got to make it up to us, so. I can expect that. I mean, him himself, I think, is a great talent. And uh, he was missed and he was gone. I don't miss the – I'm glad he doesn't do the – where he used to honk the horn forever when he used to come out. That drove me absolutely yeah. nuts. That. He doesn't do that anymore. So I'm, I'm cool with it. But uh, most part, Alberto de Rios, he's, they're just throwing it down our throats like they tried to do with Ryback and Ziggler and Wyatt. And with him, it's just it's not working. League of Nations is a joke. It's another one of those. It's a TNA faction. Let's just call it that. That's about as good as yeah. it's going to get, and it's not going to last into 2016 at all. No, I, I'm I'm kind of believing that it's going to be a uh, another nexus for this for for John Cena. To be honest with you, and Cena is going to run roughshod through the uh, the League of Nations. It's just another, you know, just another chink in, in, in the Cena armor. Uh, 1994 is the correct answer. Great job. What year did Ric Flair, Ric Flair, that's my must, that's my dusty right there. What year did Ric Flair win his first NWA world title? I said, what year did Ric Flair win his first NWA world title, baby? Uh, great category, Heel of the Year, 1981. All right, good job. That was very quick. I think I think you guys, I think when I did the Dusty impersonation, it kind of made you think a little quicker. So I'll just I'll just take it as that. I, I'll believe that for myself, and you know we'll just, we'll just go with it. Um, who held the NWA World Title greater than four years? In the 1990s, who held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship for over four years in the 1990s? Next category, next category, Derek, Heel of the Year. What do you got? Heel of the Year. Heel of the Year for me, I'm honestly, I'd have to go to Seth Rollins. I mean, he's carried the championship for the WWE and before his injury, obviously. Uh, he's done a decent role with the heel. I mean, he's a snotty, stuck-up, two-faced, you know, whatever he wanted to be. He's played that well. Sometimes it goes a little too long with it to where it gets boring. But uh, on top of everything, Seth Rollins is really – he made that position his. 
done an excellent job with it. So, I mean, Seth Rollins, for me, has to absolutely take the cake. Heel of the year. Um, I don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, you're my boy, Derek. I, I, I respect and appreciate your, your wrestling scholarly insight, but I just couldn't stand Seth Rollins as a heel. I just, I, I couldn't do it. I know that you came around because you weren't a big fan of Seth Rollins in, in the very beginning. I know you came around, but I never did. I, I think that he was a, a slimy Weasley heel, I don't think that, you know, heels are heels, and he, he was, you know, he's he's supposed to play that character, but I don't think that the WWE did a good job at all making him a strong. Listen, if you're going to be a Weasley heel, make him a strong Weasley heel. Flair was a Weasley heel. He'll retreat in a minute. He'll he'll duck behind the four horsemen. He'll you know flip over a rope and and and. and you know, slide out and, and run to the back. He'll grab his belt. He'll put woman uh, or or baby doll in front of him. You know, he'll he'll do any of that stuff. But at least there was some strength. At least, at least he looked like a strong heel that, you know, you don't want to mess with if he's, you know, if he has all his ducks in a row and he's prepared for you, you know, you're going to have a showdown with Ric Flair. And he backed it up because he was the man. He he played the man. He acted like the man, but he was Weasley. He he retreated. He was a great heel. But with Seth Rollins, the thing is with Rollins, he gets he got beat up all the time. He retreated, and he got beat up. So it, it just didn't make. It never looked. He never looked strong. I mean, beating people like Kane to make yourself look stronger. Who doesn't be Kane nowadays? You know, that, that's basically the same thing as some someone like Bo Dallas beating Kane. If Bo Dallas beat Kane next Monday on Raw, it wasn't it wouldn't be a huge surprise because it's Kane. Unfortunately, that's very unfortunate, but that's just the way it goes. Kane losing a match isn't isn't a shock at all. All right, who do we have? 1981 is the correct answer. As far as the uh, – I see Dan Severn here. Absolutely. My my uh, my choice is Kevin Owens. I believe that uh, Kevin Owens is the heel of the year. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anyone else as being the heel of the year. I think uh, he's done a fantastic job as playing the heel. He actually, when he left ROH, he was actually a babyface. Uh, he came in, he beat um, C.J. Parker in his first uh, first match in WWE NXT, and he was a babyface. And uh, he quickly turned not too long after that uh, against Sami Zayn and won the NXT title two months later. And you know it was it was cool it, it was great for for Owens, and uh, he's he's been a great heel uh, ever since. And I don't like I don't like the fact that um, he's retreating so much, but I like the fact that he's he's being tactical with it. Like they're doing the heel thing with with Owens a lot better because he retreat and then he comes back, you know, later in the evening, just like what he did with Ambrose and powerbombed the Thor table. Now that he looks strong. That makes him a good heel because he retreat, but he did it. You know, he does it in a calculating form. That's the reason why 
I think that they're building him much better as a heel than Rollins. They did Rollins ever. Um, Dan Severn is the correct answer. Great job. The Wall went by what name in TNA? The Wall went by what name in TNA? All right. We'll take a quick break, and we're going to come back with the most shocking return. That's a great category. Most shocking return. We'll be right back. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam Show, hosted by Chris Featherstone and Derek of Crave Wrestling. This is the new Tuesday Night Titans. All right, so we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do the most shocking return debut. Uh, I'm gonna do return because I think debut is is uh, is Sting in the WWE. Uh, most shocking return. Um, I would say most shocking return. Shocking. The word shocking is a very cool word when it comes to professional wrestling, but unfortunately that's not very, uh, that doesn't apply much with, with creative nowadays. So I'll say the undertaker, um, I'll say Undertaker, Night of Champions. Thinking about it a little bit, then that's my, then that's my, uh, my guess. Well, I guess my, that's my answer. Is the Undertaker and Night of Champions? I wasn't happy about it very much because I wanted to bet off Rollins because I, I just didn't really like him as a as champ. Um, but I think uh, I'm sorry, not Night of Champions, but it was uh, Payback, I believe, was it? Because they did the SummerSlam thing, Money in the Bank was June. That was the Bray Wyatt thing, and I think uh, yeah, I think Lesnar and Rollins was payback, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. Yeah. So that that's uh, yeah. So so I would say Taker at payback was the most shocking return, and that's not saying a lot, to be honest with you. It's just yeah, people. So, someone saying. Um, uh, Malice is the correct answer. Great job. Sting is actually net last year. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying Sting. I, I was saying Sting as a debut. Uh, I'm saying his debut in the, in a WWE ring because um, I see return and debut. <clears throat> excuse me, as two different things. So uh, I would say as a debut, as far as in ring debut, it would be Sting. But, of course, we know that he debuted last year at, uh, at uh, Survivor Series. But, yes, most shocking return, I would say, I would say Taker. Um, the Dudleys is up there, too. That was really cool. Uh, you know what? You know what? I would say, I would say Bubba Ray at uh, the Royal Rumble. I would say that's the most shocking return because I think that the way that they booked it was amazing. Um you know, you 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 kind of had you kind of was wondering when Taker was going to come back because you kind of felt like he was going to come back, but you know the Philly Philly marked out like crazy when Bully Ray came and you could tell that he was just filling all of that just as he was walking down and he was still with TNA at the time and no one had a clue that Bully Ray was uh, going to return so I, or Bubba Ray. 
in the WWE. So yeah, I think that'll be my first, my, not my number one, will be uh, Bubba Ray at the Royal Rumble. Uh, I was with you when I said Undertaker, but yeah, I saw the Dudleys. Yeah, that their return it was great, but it's panned out to be garbage, and so it kind of killed the uh, momentum they had behind them as far as a great comeback return. But, yeah, you're right. The Royal Rumble when Bubba Ray came out. I didn't see that coming. I marked out totally. But The Undertaker, yeah. I got to put that in there as my top. So I'm not arguing with the Bubba Ray, but, again, the Dudleys, when they came back, it was great, but it's just been nothing but crap ever since. So right. it is kind of damper on that. The Undertaker still saved face, and he's still The Undertaker. So. Yep, absolutely. Malice, like I said, <clears throat> correct answer there. All right, uh, Battleground. Thank you for that clarification there. Yes, it was Battleground uh, when uh, the Rollins and Lesnar uh, main event was at Battleground. Thank you very, very much for that. All right, we can take one more, and then we'll get into the Flavor of the Week. Uh, We'll talk uh, very quickly about Cena and Del Rio. Um, Disqualification, League of Nations interfere, then the Usos appears, but... uh, Get outnumbered. Reigns makes a save. Man comes out and books a match of him being the special guest referee for next week. And here's the thing: McMahon drew over a hundred thousand more viewers. They 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 dropped five hundred thousand viewers um, when uh, McMahon was gone, and then they gained a hundred thousand more when McMahon came back. So. They, they gained almost. They gained about eight hundred thousand when he came initially, and then they lost about five hundred, and then they gained about a hundred thousand more, a little bit over a hundred thousand more, um, when he came back. So it goes to show that Vince McMahon is a ratings magnet. I mean, seventy years young, you can say what you want, but the guy draws ratings. So I, that's why I, I'm thinking it's it's going to be interesting to me. I you know I mentioned to see, you know, I might we might see a Triple H return next week to to probably strip uh, either either help uh, Rain help Sheamus get the title off of Reigns. We may see that, or we may just see Triple H just you know just totally beat up. Roman Reigns and leads to a title match between him and Triple H at uh, Royal Rumble. I'd rather see uh, a non-title match between Reigns and Triple H and have Reigns work his way back up again for the next few months until WrestleMania. Um, I think it would help Reigns' character if he doesn't carry the belt until WrestleMania. You know, this Triple H and, and Roman Reigns thing. It, it, it's a it's money. I think it has a bunch of potential to it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and, and so we'll, we'll see. At least it brings some intrigue about about next week. And I'm looking forward to see Vinnie Mac with a 70 year old body <laughs> moving around that ring next week. I think mean, it's great. I love to see Vince McMahon when he comes strutting down with the no chance in hell. But, yeah, I mean, I could almost see like, if Triple H wins the championship one more time and then he loses it at WrestleMania, I, that would, I think, could draw money. If he does, in fact, you know, somehow you know, challenges Reigns, beats him, whether it be at Royal Rumble or even at a Monday Night Raw, who knows. So I, I could see that storyline really taking fruition as far as, you know, Reigns has to, at WrestleMania, fight back, beat Triple H. 
that could draw money, and it would draw money, and I'm excited to, if that was to take place, I would be happy with that, if it's done right. Yeah. You know, WWE is notorious for making flops. Yeah, unfortunately, but yeah, I think that has definitely some uh, some promise to it. The Rocket announced that he'll be at the uh, WrestleMania, probably not, in a, most likely not in a wrestling role, because he'll be, I know he has some type of contractual calls as far as like insurance or something like that, that he probably won't be competing, but he'll be there. You know, at least he'll draw some type of intrigue by the rock being there. Um, all right. So here's the thing. Um, my la- last question is name at least four members of the original main event mafia. Name at least four members of the original main event mafia. We'll do flavor of the week and then we'll address one more question. Listen, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for all your interaction. This was really, really fun, a lot more fun. I, I was supposed to be very fun, but it was a lot more fun than I expected. So uh, kudos to all the interaction and uh, great categories. Well, well this, is, this is the inaugural. We'll do it next year as well because uh, it, it went over uh, very, very well. So great job with that. Until then, we will do the flavor of the week for the Royal Rumble uh, 30th entrance, and um, we will get that started here, ladies and gentlemen, for the week. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Well, we got a few minutes left, so like I said, 30, uh, I mentioned this last week, 30th was uh, X-Pac, and that was the... The Rock winning, but he really didn't win because he stepped out first. So it really should have been Big Show at that time, which is very interesting why they did that. But uh, he won. So 2001, the 30th entrant was Rikishi, and he really only stayed there for, you know, like two and a half minutes. Austin was there for a little under 10 minutes, but he ended up winning that one. Uh, And then 2002, 30th entrant was Booker T, and he stayed there, staying there for about a half a minute. I think he was, um, yeah, I think I think he was kind of injured around that time or something like that, and and they he was in there for a half a minute. Triple H ended up winning that one. Uh, that was his return, his triumphant returns, of course. You know, big shout out to uh, Kurt Hennig. He had a pretty good showing in 2002. 30th entrant for 2003 was the Undertaker. Um, and him and Lesnar was the last two people there, and Lesnar won. Uh, so that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good Royal Rumble. Thirtieth entrant for two thousand four uh, was Goldberg, and uh, he got eliminated by uh, Kurt Angle. Uh, Crispin wind up winning that by eliminating uh, Big Show. So that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good one there. Um, you know there was a. You know, did, but uh, that 2004 was a really, really good Royal Rumble. And then finally, 2005 was Ric Flair. He was only there in there for about a couple minutes, got eliminated by Edge. Batista was the runner there. Um, him and Cena got into it, and then Vince McMahon blew out his knee as he was sliding in the ring, and he had to sit down in the corner. So that was my memorable Royal <laughs> Rumble out of those five was the whole McMahon spot. That was really interesting. Uh, give me a good 20 seconds, and we'll uh, we'll spend about a minute and a half on the last question. What do you got, Derek? Uh, 
2003 was great. Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker. The, you didn't know what was going to happen between the two, like 10 years down the road. So that was great. And I love seeing Kurt Ang- or uh, Kurt Hennig in there. I mean, yeah. Mr. Perfect, a huge mark out for him. Loved it, loved it, loved it. With Chris Benoit winning the uh, 2004, that was also a great spot. And, uh, you know, whatever happened to Chris Benoit was unfortunate, but absolutely wonderful. So there were some good Royal Rumble matches between that uh, five-year period. Yep, absolutely agree. All right, real quick, Derek, uh, what is your match of the year? Wow, match of the year for me would be The Undertaker against uh, Brock Lesnar, Hell in a Cell. To me, that just really brought everything together, and uh, I was glad the way it ended, liked it. It was it was kind of funny and quirky, but it didn't really do anything to hurt either one's image, so I definitely want to go with that. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Fair enough. Um, I would say, uh, r- real quick, uh, Nash, Booker T, Angle, Sting, and Steiner, um, yes, that's five. <laughs> I asked for four, so you uh, overachieved. Great job there. Awesome. Uh, maybe the Mafia. But I would say I would say Bailey and Sasha Banks, uh, not the Iron Man match, but the one in Brooklyn. I would say that match was just stellar. All right. That was my match of the year. That, and I was a big fan of uh, the Bullet Club, uh, AJ Styles and um, uh, the the Young Bucks against uh, uh, Matt Seidel, ACH, and uh, Cedric Alexander. They had a six-man match on ROH TV. Please watch that if you haven't yet. That match was absolutely amazing. That was, I would say it's toss up between that. If I had to choose one, it would be Bailey and Sasha Banks, but uh, that one's arguable as far as number one as well. So right now I'm saying that, but I might change my mind, but that's the, that's the number one right, right now. Awesome. Awesome time. I had such good fun. Listen, Everyone, enjoy their new year. Have a happy new year. Stay safe. Be safe. Do good. Be good. Love you all. God bless you all. Day loves my boys, Ian and Elijah. And you all have been the best fan support that anyone could ever have for the year 2015. I'm so grateful. And I'm speaking on behalf of Derek as well. So grateful for your support. Thank you so much. Enjoy your New Year's Day. See you next week. God bless. Goodbye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.